Greetings from the Outer Rim, everyone. Welcome to Ghost Stories, a Rebels podcast. I am your host, Spectre 7, also known as Mike. And joining me tonight on our roundtable is Spectre 8 and Spectre 9. Why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourself? Uh, I'm Lindsay Seapock. I'm uh, Spectre 9. I have also been called Ernie. We've been wanting to do a Rebels podcast on the Random Chatter Network for a while now, and this has kind of been a secret project of Ernie and mine. So, uh, yeah. Lindsay, thank you for jumping in on this, too, because yes. we can't can't have a roundtable with two people. So No, you, yeah, then it's just a discussion, and that's boring. It's kind of exactly. proper that you're joining this season <laughs> as, as well. So, And I already talked to Ernie enough on our other show, you know, Retro Convo. So, yeah, um, it's nice to have some fresh blood at the table. <laughs> I'm really excited about this, so. Yeah, like, I love this show so much. Like, Rebels, to me has been the best piece of star wars in years like there there are moments in this show where i just i feel like this is the star wars that i've been wanting to see for so long like the dialogue between Hera and kanan like when they just kind of banter between the two of them like a married couple yeah, yeah. when just between Ezra and Kanan, like some of the stuff they do, that's the stuff that I've always wanted to see Anakin and Obi-Wan do. Like, and it's the stuff we really missed out on besides, I mean, we saw some of it in the Clone Wars cartoon, but that, I think we missed out on a lot of it because they'd already been so far in their timeline. And I think yeah. this allows us to actually see that kind of growth in that conflict and, and Padawan and Jedi relationship that we didn't get to see before. Exactly. Like we don't, like this is so new also because these are all new characters for star wars yeah we don't know where they're going and we're kind of late in the game doing this show in the middle of season three (laughs) but they've established themselves we're what like four four years out from battle yavin battle Uh, yavin yeah the timeline got moved up this season so i believe we're about three or four years three or four years yeah no two years we're two years two years last season We're, yeah, we're two years because oh, Ezra goodness. is fifteen. Yeah, so yeah. he should be sixteen now. <laughs> I wanted to add though, um, the great thing about Rebels though is the writing itself, and you can just tell how much love Dave Filoni has for Star Wars and, and the Star Wars universe. It just really comes out in some great moments, uh, you know, between Kanan and Ezra, and like you said, Mike, Hera and, and Kanan, and um, even just like the comedy that Zeb and, and Chopper add to um, the show just really shows the passion that Dave Filoni has for the universe. And it's, it's good that they gave him the reins, you know? Yeah. Not yeah. only did they give him the reins on this show, but he just within the last couple of days kind of became the head director of all of Lucasfilm animation. Congrats to him. So yeah, yeah big congrats to Dave Filoni. Um, I was just saying, and they've really kept it the same core writers pretty much through the entire series, which is really impressive, which Especially, uh, especially with Disney XD, like you don't necessarily see that, but especially um, you always see the same writers over and over again, which helps keep continuity and helps keep the character voices the same. And so it doesn't ever feel like characters sound, you know, it it sounds right through the entire season and through the entire series, which is just really, really nice, which you don't always find. Yeah, there's continuity there, which is just really nice. Yeah, like, if 
this show was i mean the continuity in this show is so tight that like i feel like this could be some of the only star wars that someone watches and that would be fine yeah like granted you'd be missing out on a much bigger picture but (laughs) this like this is such a neat package and if you only ever care about this crew like this is such a great show but anyway that's kind of our thoughts and feelings on this show season three just premiered um so star wars rebels steps into shadow now the official description right yes the official description for the episode ezra having grown in power leads a mission to break the crew's old friend hondo onaka out of prison meanwhile grand admiral throm master imperial strategist Hmm. has vowed to dismantle and destroy the growing rebellion so are you just kind of starting from the beginning there like so we talk about how ezra is now leading missions like we kind of saw him at the end of season two wanting to kind of take a next step up and i mean bam here we go yeah, it's very interesting to see him leading missions. And one of the first things I really notice in this episode when they're going in to, you know, break Hondo out of the Imperial prison is that Ezra is really killing almost with impunity. And obviously they're going into a prison where they're going to have to, you know, take people out. But yeah, no more he stun. is not take. Yeah, he is not trying to stun people. He is not trying to knock people out. Like, he is pure on, like, just killing people. And obviously, (laughs) we find out kind of why that's going on a little bit later on in the episode. But the way that they introduced that with him just, like, killing people, I was, it kind of was, his body count was in the... It was pretty high, yeah. It was really high. (laughs) It it was in the, like, I was like, holy cow, like, what is going on with Ezra? Like... Like, I remember when the clip of the hallway scene came out earlier this summer and I was just watching it and I was like, oh my God, like he's, he's got a real blaster now. Like no more slingshot, no yeah. more, yeah. No, more, no more stun he's lightsaber. Well, and then he does that run and then the spin flip and <laughs> slices two stormtroopers right there with his new green lightsaber. Yeah. Not to mention that he took over a chicken walker and blasted some guys off. Oh, my God. Yeah, like we were getting to that. Like he like so not only is he much stronger, like in the physical side of the force, like he's grown now and his Jedi (laughs) mind trick is very scary. Very scary. And you can almost argue, too, that uh, Jedi are more trained uh, to be defensive, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. And the Sith are a little more aggressive, and you, you definitely yeah. see that aggressive side coming out of him. Just even in that spin attack, it was just so aggressive. And he, the fact that he's swiping at stormtroopers, you know, with a lightsaber, it just says a lot about how much he's progressed and the step in which way he's going. Definitely. I have my own theories on what Ezra might turn into, but. Hmm. Well, we'll, this, we'll save yeah, those we'll, yeah, as, of course. More, as more info comes out out of the season. But definitely, like, it's it's just, it was very shocking. I mean, but given after what we saw of the season finale of last year, it's not that surprising to see that he's on this path. The It's more of a gray path, I would guess I would say. Like, great, I know great Jedis don't really exist, um, despite what we'll get into a little bit later in the episode, but he definitely is not purely defensive and purely on the light side anymore. 
yeah and going back to the the atdp um that ezra when he takes over that uh oh, pilot, like i i i mean i was kind of okay with like that shooting the stormtroopers like that's kind of par for course we've seen that right. before but when he makes it walk off of the platform yeah. i i felt kind of sick to my stomach on watching. yeah like that was horrific a little bit like i, I was like oh i think i actually said wow out loud by myself yeah because like i i guess i didn't expect that from the clip because i think the clip ends before he does that but when we actually watch the episode we see him go through with it and it's just kind of like okay like this is this is definitely where we're going like this is definitely some angry anakin kind of yeah there's there's a lot of anakin in him in this episode not uh, there's a lot of that conflicted anakin wanting to protect his friends and using the darker side of the force to do it without necessarily intending to uh you know noticed also that he was using a blaster and the lightsaber at the same time um you know, well, he definitely picked that up from Kanan. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, that new lights... His new blaster seems pretty cool, too. Like, it looks like it could be part of, like, a DL-44 line. Like, Hans. It, but... it looks like Hans, to be honest. Yeah. I didn't get a... I, I was, when I was rewatching, it looked more like Hans than I had thought before. Yeah, I couldn't see... Like, it's, it definitely sounds different than Hans, because Hans mm-hmm. has such a unique sound. Uh but yeah, it, it looked really cool. And then, uh, so we got Hondo back too. Oh, and <laughs> any any appearance by Hondo is amazing. I just I don't like him. <laughs> I, I love I love Hondo so much. It's so annoying, but it's 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 definitely necessary to have him on the show, especially with all the information that he knows. Yeah. But I'm, what about I'm his friend to... Turbo though? <laughs> Turbo. <laughs> see, I hate Ugnots. Always, I've always hated Ugnots. Like. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> ever since Empire Strikes Back, I just, I just, I don't get them. They're yeah. fine, whatever. They're little <laughs> goblins of Star Wars, um, and it's like they either all, they either talk all in Ugnatis or like they talk basic, like the one who, like the one merchant in the last in last season where uh, Chopper was trying to buy a leg. <laughs> I I will so say it's like that just they. Pick one. Yeah, I will say in in cartoon form they look a lot better than they ever did in the actual real life. They they're a lot less terrifying. Completely agree with you. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll go I'll go with you on that one. Um, but okay, so the they break Hondo and Turbo out. They didn't know Turbo was part of the deal right. to get him out. So that's already kind of the first change in this plan. But they kept saying, like, Turba had information that Hondo, like, that he was giving to Hondo. But it didn't really seem like Turba had anything that Hondo couldn't already tell them about the Y-Wing factory. No. Yeah. Well, he, I guess because Hondo, Turbo had told Hondo everything. Oh, well, I guess then when that you're just in makes prison, perfect sense. Yeah, I guess when you're in <laughs> yeah. prison, you just kind of spew at the mouth because there's nothing yeah, else to because- do, right? Because it all, because it had come from Turbo, but I guess he had just told Hondo everything, and so when he got blown, bounced out, he, I mean, technically, I mean, yeah, they, what was yeah, that? They, he he that bounced funny. off into oblivion because he didn't really, it wasn't a real death. It was just kind of a a bounce. <laughs> it was very strange. You know what it reminded me of? Uh, the movie Spawn, 
when like they blow up the clown and he just flies through the air towards the end that's what it reminded yeah. me of yeah and i mean but he i guess he died so he died but i guess he had given everything to hondo before he had died so it didn't wasn't really necessary i guess but man that was that was just such a weird death yeah i guess they bounce we know that <laughs> we know that they bounce he's not a bumble no bumbles bounce yeah rudolph the those reindeer. Anyways. <laughs> All right. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> How about the so, little jump onto the ghost uh, right after that that explosion? Yeah. Uh, so... And uh, uh, it's fair to say, right, Mike, that the ghost is such an impressive ship. It is a beautiful ship to me. I, I know you and I have talked about it quite a bit. I just, the ghost is uh it's it's probably my favorite ship in Star Wars. I, I have to agree with you. I think so. I think I think we've seen enough of the ship to kind of really make it feel like home. Oh, mm-hmm. It's uh, always coming back to it. No, no. Well, I'm just saying. Well, I mean, does it? But we lost it. Well, no, no, no. We lost the Phantom. The Phantom. Oh, we lost yeah. the Phantom. Sorry, yeah, we didn't lose the ghost. So, spoiler alert. Um, Sorry. Hey, we're we're going through this, man. Everybody's to me. By the way, yes. Spoiler spoiler alert. Episode. Period. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, please listen to our commentary after you've seen our episode. The stuff we've been talking about has already spoiled part of the episode for them, so I assume that they've watched the episode. So yeah. Yeah. Assume that. I just that that hurts so much when the Phantom got blown up like yeah i was just like no i was like no 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 and then it blew up yeah yeah good job. you know what was i mean good job (laughs) we get to see a little bit more i'm sorry go ahead Lindsay. what no i was just saying i just love the ghost the ghost is such a good ship i mean we named the podcast after it so yeah i think we love it (laughs) we're gonna eventually lose it at some point in the series i know (sighs) we will i you know i don't think so you don't think so not i'm i'm really hoping that it appears in the background of Rogue One in some way. Oh, that'd be so great. Like, that's all I want. Like, I don't I don't want any of these characters to show up in Rogue One. I just want, well, maybe Hera. But, mm. like, if I could just get the ghost maybe in the background, just kind of dropping off supplies and, you know, chopper. We know they have a chopper. We've seen. They have, we know they have a life-size chopper that they can use right. on set. Because yeah. they've already finished filming that they may have used on set already, but that's all I'm saying. Like maybe if, like Chopper's just pushing a crate, rolls back up the you know the ramp on the ghost. Like that's all I want. That's all I need. <laughs> I will buy at least ten tickets right there, Kathleen. So, just saying. So anyway, let's. <laughs> we've dwelled enough on that. So now we know that. Hondo's given them, you know, the information about the Y-Wing factory, which is such a good call, too, because, like, I always thought that was so neat when they introduced the Y-Wings back in Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because even, even in the old Legends universe, like, the Y-Wings have always been kind of the older bomber. And, like, so we, we kind of had that history there. And to kind of see it really defined in, in canon has been really cool. It, so in Clone Wars, like when they had like kind of that old Republic aesthetic with the extra paneling, 
that made them look much more sleek, almost kind of like a Naboo craft. Yeah, yeah. To kind of see that evolution from that kind of Y-Wing to the stripped-down version that we get here and eventually that we get in Episode Four, like, that's, to me, like, that's one of the things I love about this Star Wars animated universe is that we're seeing this evolution of stuff. Like, we got kind of hints of it in... Um, the, in the actual films with like certain ships like the arc 170 eventually becoming an x-wing but but to me like this feels like a much deeper connective tissue because we literally saw when these were brand new to when these are the absolute ships being destroyed yeah. i don't know but i also hate y-wings so i just wanted to <laughs> well they're they're it's it's not the prettiest of it just gets the job done designs yeah i mean i'm an a-wing for life guy so Ugh. x-wing i mean lindsay lindsay a friend of mine outside of the show said lindsay's come over my place and she's seen my y-wing hanging or my a-wing hanging on the i know you like your a-wings and i'm an x-winger yeah (laughs) i like my flash i like my flash i like to be able to walk along with an (laughs) x-wing I got nothing wrong with the X-Wing. It's the Y-Wing I got. I know. But I just but like I get being it. able... Look, I like being able to lock my foils in attack position. Like... <laughs> my favorite phrase. <laughs> you know, I was going to say, go. um, especially when um, Hondo is telling the mm-hmm. details of the mission, the little banter between um, Hera and um, Ezra, like, you really kind of see his his character or hopefully we see more of it this season, but you really do see his anger, yes. uh, especially when he starts saying, I, I gave you the details of the mission that, you know, th- those are the details and like kind of walks out and yells in his room a little bit with his like Sith holocron. He's yeah. He's so, he's so frustrated. And so it's obvious that he's frustrated and has a lot of resentment towards what happened. And he has a lot of, Obviously, he has a lot of guilt about what happened, but he's turning it inward and it's becoming resentful and self-hatred. And it's everything that the Sith feeds on. And of course, that's what the Holocron is feeding on is that that hatred and loathing he has for himself and the guilt and all of the negative energy he has. And if we're going to bring up the Holoc, you know, the Sith thing in his room in the Holocron, like that voice that's talking in the Holocron like who's what is i want to know who creepy 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 lady is <laughs> yeah like who is this voice who, who coming is out that of the holocron yeah like it's i mean i mean that's that's definitely going to be one of the big mysteries of the show i think because we uh, don't have a lot of sith ladies i mean we have one and she wasn't a sith and she's gone we're talking yeah, about the uh, one from May, uh, Seventh May, Sister? May Asajj. I mean, well, we had, we had there was Ventress. Ventress and there was Seventh Sister. So we had Ventress and Seventh Sister, and that's it. Who I doesn't... Doesn't... The voice coming out of the Holocron, isn't that Nika Futterman who played Asajj Ventress? Like, I haven't... If, if you guys keep talking, I will look it up right now, but I haven't I haven't actually looked up who did the voice for it. So uh, It is. I'm actually looking it up right now. Oh, uh, you're ahead of me. <laughs> a, little, a, little, a little bit faster on the draw there. 
Uh, but yeah, so she's listed as the presence. Like that's the so, character name for so the voice. Interesting. So I wonder if they're saying that it. I mean, it could be Vent. It could be Ventress is like presence has been put into the holocron. It wouldn't be unprecedented for a Sith to put their soul or presence in. A I don't. I don't. Object. I don't think it. I don't think it's Asajj because we we already know how she ends. Um, in the book Dark Apprentice, right? Like we already, and she had already kind of turned her back on on being a Sith and all of this stuff. But it could and, have been put in at some other point in time. Just, well, just saying. My counter, my counterpoint to that too, though, would be that this was in the old Sith temple on Malachor. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Like, there's no reason for her to go there, and so as far just, as we know, re- nobody was there. So I guess they're years. just reusing her voice then. Yeah, and and I don't have a problem with that because it's a great voice, but it's just mm-hmm. so similar to Asajj that I'm just kind of like, yeah, it sounds so that, much yeah. like her. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. But I mean, I'm I know it's not going to be Asajj, so let's. No. I I am curious on who it could be though. It was interesting to see um, y- y- this kind of same. Oh, you know the same story, at least the that Anakin was dealing with. He wanted to mm-hmm. save somebody. Now Ezra is being tempted because he wants more power, not necessarily for his own usage, you know, but like he kind of wants to save his friends. He wants to make sure he protects his friends, and it's it's just a very tempting thought for somebody who loves somebody so much. And um, mm-hmm. I, how did you guys feel about that? Though, like I I kind of want to see something a little more different personally myself but mm-hmm. it was familiar at, as well I, I will say that he is younger than Anakin was at the time how old was Anakin in episode 2 uh he was 10 it's 10 wasn't he like 20 like 1920 20 okay yeah. so he's yeah, old he was, he was 9 okay. in episode so yeah. Ezra is younger than Anakin was so i understand Ezra's temptation a lot more than I understood Anakin's issues I, I mean I get where Anakin was coming from but Ezra I get it a lot more but I did see the parallels there and I think that's what they're kind of going for at this at least in this episode I felt that that's the kind of parallels they wanted to run along but and I feel I like oh good I, I get it and I, I constantly was just like oh my gosh Ezra like you're an idiot but then I had to remember his age and given like what he's been through. And again, I kept having to take his age into consideration because there is, he's, he's young enough that he's going to be tempted by this. And he's, there aren't a lot of people left, um, you know, Jedis and people who can talk him through this. And it is, it is a terrible temptation, but to his credit, he's not pulling the same stuff that Anakin was like Anakin, like killed innocence. And he's, well, Ezra did some stuff that killed a lot of people. He's not killing like innocent women and children that Anakin uh, did. It's like remember remember in True Lies, um, you killed people. Yeah, but they were all bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's basically how Ezra is right now. Like he's like, well, they were bad, so it's fine. Like yeah, like I mean, you 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 brought up a good point. Like it's it's a very different story than what Anakin's kind of been going down like Ezra I also feel like everyone's kind of given him more to do like Anakin 
for years had never really, I guess, felt like part of a team because it was always he was always Obi Wan's student until all of a sudden he was Commander Skywalker. Right. Like he never got a chance to kind of do more in a group, kind of have trust on his own until he was Commander Skywalker. Like because the Council always beat him down. It, held him back and you know like granted that was a whiny scene at the beginning of episode two but it was true like they had been holding him back it's interesting you say that mike because uh the word i that stuck out to me when you were just speaking was commander i'm jumping up a little head you know um Ah. as gets promoted to lieutenant commander yeah and so that's kind of that I mean, Ezra's a very different position than Anakin was at, when they're roughly the same age. Like he's already leading his own unit. Anakin was in his twenties when he finally became Commander Skywalker. Like, and Ezra's doing it at sixteen. So we're he's got a lot more on his shoulders. And I think the biggest thing that's hurting him now, not not the Sith holocron that's kind of feeding him, you know these you know, these temptations, it's that Kanan's not there for him. Yeah. So yeah. in our next scene, we find out that Kanan's kind of been off on his own. He, according to Pablo and Lucasfilm, he's exiled himself since right. season three, since the season two finale. You know, he's not the cowboy we've seen in the last two seasons. Like he's, he's had his, I don't, I don't know if he's had his faith shaken because he's definitely out here meditating and he believes in the force. But I think he's definitely had himself shaken. I well, think he's sorry, go it's ahead, a Lindsay. very he's he's self he's got a lot of pity for himself. I mean, there's a lot of pity going on for himself in this situation. I think that's what he comes to the conclusion towards the end of the episode. But he seems to pity his situation. Like he's I mean, the fact that he lost his eyesight, he he can't seem to. Wow. He can't seem to get over it. <laughs> That yeah. sounds so horrible to say. <laughs> yeah, Kanan, you only <laughs> lost your sight. Can you just, uh, Gosh, get over it. But I mean, like, there, there's a lot of. I feel like there's a lot of pity yeah. and guilt and and feeling like he wasn't good enough. So he feels that. Yeah, there's a lot of self doubt involved in him. Um, yeah, I was going to say that. No, Mike, you were right. You were completely right. He has his his faith has been shaken because yeah. he personally says to um, the Bendu. That I've distanced myself from the force. That was his exact line. So oh, definitely, uh, it's 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 kind of weird because you know, I, Kanan is my favorite character on the show, and okay. to see him not like be the cowboy that we love and kind of see him struggling was was tough for me to watch. You know, you really wanted just so much out of Kanan. Like you wanted him to be at a different level, being blind. You wanted him to to right. see this new side of the force. It was cool to watch him kind of develop that with the Bendu, but it was hard to watch him before that moment, you know? You know what? Something that I thought was really interesting in the episode and right after, you know, he's meditating and and we see, you know, basically he goes and talks to Ezra and Ezra is obviously being really cagey because he's got the holocron out and stuff. Caden can't sense it. Like yeah, he has yeah, no that sensation. Was, that was he a little weird. Sense it. He doesn't sense it. He just picks it up. I mean, like he does not know what's there until he picks it up. So is can is he that distance from the force that he can't sense something that 
negative or is it that the holocron can cloak itself from the light side well yeah to go off that point or both he i feel like he did lose a, a little bit side of the force just the that moment where the bendu has him walking out towards the, the spider creatures what are they called i forgot the names I think he just call. I mean, he just calls them spiders. He just calls yeah. them spiders. So, so when yeah. he's he's right in front of one and he touches it, he can't even sense it through the force. He only senses it through the ground. He only hears it. He only smells it. He doesn't mm-hmm. even sense that it's in front of him. I mean, uh, it's it's definitely an argument that you can make that he he lost touch and and probably why he didn't sense that Ezra was leaning more towards the dark side because of this holocron. Yeah, when he when Ezra was freaking out about him and you know Caden in front of the holocron, I was just like, the Hulk, why can't he sense the holocron? Like <laughs> it's right there. And obviously, it kind of all makes sense now. Can we uh, let Lindsay geek out here with the next scene that we uh, get in the show? <sighs> okay, so, so this involves uh, Governor two Price, of, right? Governor Price well, first walks in. Yes. Well, <laughs> so this involves two of my favorite characters of all time in the Imperial world. Grand Moff Tarkin. Just so, I, grand, yes, my Grand Moff Tarkin, fluffy, fluffy McTarkin, um, which, <laughs> if any of you guys didn't know, the the actor who played him only wore fluffy slippers when he actually recorded the when he did the actual movie. <laughs> so, so I just, I'll, I mean, that's I love that fact about Peter Cushing. Um, but no, so I mean, that was one of the things I loved about, like, that's such a fun fact about about Peter Cushing. Um, I don't know if you read the Tarkin book that came out a couple of years ago. Um, they actually kind of mention that as an Easter egg in the book. Because uh, there's a whole scene in the book where Tarkin is designing the new Imperial uniform. Um, and he mentions how much he doesn't like the boots because they're too tight. The boots don't fit. So, like, I just, I, I read that and then I was like, that is... Like, they instantly got it. <laughs> it made me mystery. so happy. That was amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah. So, obviously, uh, Governor Price comes to talk to Grandma Tarkin and basically says, you know, the growing rebel threat is the the rebels need to be taken care of and we need to... She wants the, the Seventh Fleet. The Seventh Fleet. And Tarkin goes through an entire situation with her and basically questions... Basically, he trusts what she wants but he wants to listen to her reasoning first, which I think is just great because it's very Tarkin-ish. They have Tarkin down pat, which is just wonderful to see because Tarkin is one of my favorite characters in the movies. And yeah, he's a, he's uh, definitely become one of mine, like watching him uh, grow from Clone Wars to to now. They've done such a good job. after with, reading the book. like Yeah, I mean, Tarkin, is, Tarkin was my favorite in the movie and they've just grown him into something even better. And it's, but watching him let price run and let her mind go is just great because that's very much what Tarkin you know does and we find out that the seventh fleet is under the leadership of Grand Admiral Thrawn so for any of the listeners who don't know about Thrawn Thrawn used to exist within the uh, extended universe in the books and the extended universe obviously was heir to the empire what were the other two books Oh my gosh, I've got to remember the. Myself, but um, yeah, I'm but sorry. It's the, like, the, Keep the, geeking, geeking. It's called out. it's called the Thrawn trilogy, but Hair to the Empire, and then it was followed by Dark Force Rising, and then after Dark Force Rising was 
uh, the last command. Last command. Just there it is. Me- yeah, it just took me a minute. So Thrawn was pretty much a fan favorite in the extended universe, but obviously when Disney bought Lucasfilm, they said that the extended universe was basically kaput. And so we lost a lot of these characters that we really enjoyed, um, Thrawn they, being one of them. They didn't say it was basically kaput. Well, George they, Lucas always said it didn't count either. So Yeah, I mean, George Lucas never cared about this Everybody anyway. said it didn't really count. And that's yeah. I didn't actually have a problem with that. It, because they were all written by different people and they were all different levels of quality, so you d- that was fine with me. But well, Thrawn was, was, that was the cool. Thing. That was the cool thing about like the old expanded universe was that like yeah. you could kind of pick and choose what was canon to you. Like yeah, yeah, it, it, <laughs> yeah I mean, you kind of had to because there was like six different layers of canon anyway. So like, if the video games didn't necessarily line up with the books or the TV show, like you kind of like if you were that into it, you had to go movies, books, cartoons, and like even the car like. There was two different cartoon levels because there was like right. the original Clone Wars and then the Clone Wars was had its own level of canon. Like it was so convoluted, just keep track of everything. <laughs> right. It was, it was but, tough. Oh, it was but, hard. But one of the and things that like, I tried. <laughs> yeah, but like one of the things that everybody kind of considered like this was um, just unequivocally canon was the Thrawn trilogy. The Thrawn trilogy, yeah. and I mean basically that's what before. Um, the Force Awakens came out. It came out, and before it was announced and all that stuff, people really had hoped that those were the books that, if they ever continued on with the series, those were the books that were going to be created into a movie trilogy, uh, for better or for worse. That's that's kind of what people had always considered. But Thrawn was always a, a fan favorite, and when he was announced that he was going to be in Rebels, I, I, freaked out, as Mike can attest. So online. Let me ask you, Lindsay. The design yeah. of Thrawn was pretty spot on. We 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 got that part, like you know, the right. blue with the red eyes. However, I want to ask you, what did you think How, of the voice actor? However, he has like pupils, like Chiss. He does have pupils. I don't, yeah, he has, he has pupils. a nice little red eyeliner. <laughs> yeah, like Ch- Chiss in in what's Legends now. Like Chiss had never really had pupils, like pupils right. before. Yeah. Like I I play a, Ch- a Chiss in um, Star Wars: The Old Republic, the MMO. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he don't got pupils. No, so. he ain't got pupils. <laughs> but uh, what did you, no what did you think of the uh, the voice actor who uh, portrayed him? Was it what you wanted? I I really have not I really in, I liked his voice acting. I hadn't uh, listened to really any of it before I watched the episode because I kind of wanted to keep myself completely um, out. I wanted to just hear him first in a full scene okay. in the show, and I I actually enjoyed it. I'm curious to see what it's going to be like going on but i always i i didn't have a problem with it i didn't have anything uh as a as a package i loved him and i it was very much the throne that i know and love okay and that's what i was really excited about um i didn't have any i didn't have any problems with his voice acting i have a concern at least with thrawn mm-hmm. I, I really do hope you know that they actually put him in more episodes. I'm a little worried that he's just going to be like a Vader role, like last season. I, well, that's, see, I'm, that's my yeah. worry, you know? That's that's my one concern, too. And I'm also concerned, um, Mike can attest that one of my favorite characters last season was Seventh Sister. And the one thing I can say on this show is I, I feel like they get rid of their villains too quickly. But I feel like with Thrawn... 
they're setting him up in a different way than we have had before. The fact that he ha- is having a novel that's coming out in 2017 that's going to tie into Rebels, um, that's basically going to cover his first encounter with the Empire and cover from that first encounter um, and then head up to the events of Rebels. So it's going to fill in. Basically, we're going to find out how Thrawn got into the Empire in the first place. Well, um, I mean, that, and that's I, and that's I, kind of a good point because, like, it, it they're introducing him differently, but they're also going, like, in a very, very different direction with the bad guys this season um, by strictly making it the Empire. Like, the Empire's always kind of been the background bad guys to the Inquisitors. Right. Now, that now I think they're going to be the at the forefront. Yeah, Which like, is this great. is... This is definitely like the Empire in their prime now. Like now that they don't have the Inquisitors, like the Inquisitorium, as far as we know, all of them are gone. Right. So I'm I'm excited. Like I'm a diehard Imperial, so this is yeah. definitely and something I want to see. What's <laughs> very interesting for me is that I had when I had seen the first trailer and the first picture the teaser trailer and the pictures for um, Rogue One, is we had seen all the stuff for Krennic and the and the imperial and basically i had basically decided like well krennic's probably going to be like a thrawn type character that's probably our thrawn like that's i had basically accepted that that was our thrawn and the fact that we actually have thrawn now i'm really hoping they don't kill him off and they actually do something with him later i feel like that's being overly optimistic but i feel like thrawn is i think they understand the gift they have in Thrawn and I'm hoping they continue to do something with him yeah because he, he's definitely a character that carries a lot of weight like you, you, they have to be he's so beloved like he has to kind of be done right and I mean j- just the fact like the bring back legends movement has been championing like they really really want legends to come back and mm-hmm. like guys like I'm sorry it's just it's not going to happen but enjoy what we're getting like you're getting yeah. Thrawn you're getting Thrawn literally from Timothy Zahn like Thrawn okay like the original correct me if I'm wrong because I actually haven't read the original Thrawn trilogy mm-hmm. I read other pieces of expanded universe but I haven't actually read the Thrawn trilogy I, I'm it's next on my list um, but there were a lot of continuity errors like there were there were dates that didn't line up for like the Clone Wars. There was well, I mean, granted, the, these books also came out before. These books the came book. out before that. Then, the, yeah. but these books came out before then, so we can't really consider that the books had continuity errors. It's because they weren't. I mean, technically, if the books were considered canon, which they they weren't, the movies had continuity errors, but the movies no. had continuity errors themselves. No, exa- <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> No, but, but exactly like the, like the, they had to kind of rewrite the history of the book, right? To make it fit in the canon, and it's like now they're approaching this character like he's always been there in the canon, and which I think like, great. which is great. It's like it, let's let's go enjoy that. Like, and by allowing him to do that, that gives him more power to keep him around, if they want to keep him around, which I hope they do. Yeah, like they're not beholden to a story that everybody already knows. Like literally anything could happen to Thrawn. I mean, granted, except he can't show up in the movies. But why like, not? 
Uh, well, I mean, he can't show up in the original trilogy. Well, no. I mean, <laughs> they kinda, obviously, they kinda have no, to he explain, can't show up in the original trilogy. Like, kind of have to explain why he's not there. And, like, the obvious answer is he was on the other side of the galaxy. Like, that that's... But that's kind of been one of my favorite things about... And uh, that sound in the background is our fourth cast member, little uh, Raul Mike Randy from the Retro Convo. Yes. Sorry, guys. Um, this is the first time he's actually, like, laughing because we're doing something funny so <laughs> that's awesome well he he's he's gonna be a he's gonna be a star wars fan that kid I tell you he will be for sure with uncle oh uncle mike <laughs> so um it was nice though too um that they kept thrawn's character intact very cold calculated almost no actually no emotion i would say even um just the way he broke down the plan uh, Hondo was rescued from here, and they hyper, you know, they hyperspace jumped from here. That means they're gonna go over here. Yeah, I thought that was so cool. Like he was able to kind of like plot out. Like, like granted, it wasn't super random, but it was like it felt like he knew, and that's like he 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 just he knew everything ahead of them. Mm-hmm. That was so kind of cool and kind of chilling. Like, ooh, like this is the first kind of bad guy. That well, we he, even the end, been, though, like jumping towards the end when he said, yeah, just let him keep the white wings. Whatever, you know, like, <laughs> the we way don't he need said the, it. Like, let them keep. It's so petty. It's, he's very like, let them keep their little toys. Like, whatever. They yeah. don't, we're going to take them out. Bye. Even, even when they introduced him, uh, one of the Imperial officers, I forgot who it was, said, uh, you know, all those civilian casualties, you, you know, you did. <laughs> it was just like, whoa. <laughs> Oh, it was a calculated. Well, yeah, and the price goes a calculated risk. Yeah, that was um, uh, Constantine, who's Constantine. one of my favorite. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Cassius Constantine. Like he's yeah. he's one of my favorite Imperial officers. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, he's got the he's got those sweet those sweet sideburns, the mustache, the D. Bradley yeah. Baker voice. Like, but, yeah, that that whole <laughs> that whole statement about the casualties, and they were like, because because that's the thing that people always forget about the Imperials and the First Order is that. They're not necessarily all about, they actually, there are, they're all about order and, and I, we, they're all about order and making sure there's order from the chaos, but casualties of innocents and civilians doesn't do them any good. So the fact that they're willing to allow him to do that is, it shows how cutthroat and ruthless he is, which is just great. Yeah, it was perfect. It, He's so cutting, and I'm, and I was actually looking at the um, imperial ranking status. So he he is above Tarkin. Yeah, he's a he's a Grand Admiral. Yeah, because he's a Grand Admiral, yeah. and Grand Moffs Grand Moffs are just below Grand Admirals. Grand Admiral is the highest. But I had forgotten that for some I couldn't remember if Grand Admirals or Grand Moffs were. I couldn't remember which one was higher. Uh, and I can't remember if, if he actually says like it's a special like because he he makes a reference to like. I've been promoted. Yes, he did. But and in and in expanded universe, like he wasn't the first Grand Admiral, but he yeah. was the first like alien Grand Admiral. Right, because or, they're sort of speciesist. <laughs> yeah, and we don't we don't get that sense in the New Empire. Like, granted, we haven't seen any alien Imperials. Like, we've seen women now, which is cool. Mm-hmm. But we don't know. Are there other Grand Admirals? Like, is is he? Because I, I think there was like originally only twelve Grand Admirals, mm-hmm. so 
And of course, yeah. it, just to clarify my statement, obviously um, Tarkin right now is just a moth. He's not a grand moth. He becomes a grand moth, but he's only that's a moth right. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah. Go, yeah. One thing I thought was cool or kind of missing too, though, was like he didn't have the sweet like gold epaulets on not yet. his shoulders. No, that is that is something that's missing. But well, they have maybe they have like those later. little shoulder bars. Like he's got gold on his shoulders. They're just not like the sweet, you know, tasseled epaulets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he's got red eyeliner now, man. Like he's he made up for it. Yeah, he can he can rock that eyeliner. It it, it didn't look bad. <laughs> Let's just say nobody will tell him to take it off. <laughs> No, <laughs> yeah. and eventually he's gonna pull out his his little pets, which we'll get into next next time he, when he actually pulls them out. Uh, if we're talking about what I think we're talking about, they've kind of been nixed. <gasps> we, no. ain't no, we ain't getting no salamiri. I'm. Mm. So, I'm uh, really Dave, hot. No, Dave Filoni kind of threw that out there. He's like, it's just they don't work in. He- the, in the version of Star Wars they're going with, oh, but they do work. But but we did get them in like a little Easter egg, like in the clip. They didn't show it in this episode, but in one of the his clips little, from, like the statue in the background, yeah, are two Salamiri. I love Salamiri. They're the best thing ever. I was really hoping he was going to use them against Ezra and Caden. <laughs> Just be like, gonna get it. Sup? I got this pet that I'm going to pet, and you can't use your force powers. All right. Well, sorry, we got if really. If you can't off. tell, I, yeah, if you I can't really tell, we love we love Thrawn. Thrawn. So yeah, we're, we're excited. <laughs> but so let's... so let's really fast forward to the um, the mission and them trying to get these Y wings, where everything goes horribly wrong. Yeah, like so. This is Ezra's kind of next mission to kind of prove himself, and he he, he definitely tries. I mean, yeah, I, I like that they brought <laughs> I like that they brought Hondo along on the mission. Yes. Yeah. But, I, you know, Ezra, to me, felt like if anybody out there who has worked a job where somebody is is, is too young to take up a position, like, they kind of get a little over-aggressive, you know, if they're your boss. I've definitely run mm-hmm. into people like this. Um, he just reminded me of that, and so I just cringed when he was, like, kind of telling people what to do. And, yeah, he, like, he that kind of... Like when he's like, I'm the commander. It's like, oh, well. Yeah, exactly. Like Ezra, like, yeah, you had me on your side. <laughs> like, you had me. And now, now bro, he did. Gonna... Yeah. You know, See, like, I was, I was done with Ezra. I was already like Ezra and his holocron. Like I was already like, okay, buddy, I already know what path you're, I already know what you're pulling at this point. You're, you're high on the, the Sith juice. You need to, lay off of it <laughs> yeah yeah i mean like well, he's also just, too he's just too young he is too right young. now to give that much responsibility to like you know he's, he's playing with lives it is i don't think anybody really thought that out <laughs> how many imperials did he kill when he took down that station i mean somebody should tweet I, at tweet at us <laughs> yeah, how, yeah. Were, there, were there any family members on that station? <laughs> <laughs> any plumbers or uh, contract jan- where, where were the janitors? Well, on top yeah. of that, too, it was supposed to be just a recon mission. Like, he changed right. the mission because he saw them destroying the Y-Wings and, and kind of was like, well, we need those Y-Wings. Let's get in there, you know? like 
wants to well, yeah, himself I mean, and yeah. It's understandable. Well, it made like it made sense. Like the mission changed. And how many times has Rex been on a mission where the objectives changed? Like <laughs> every episode. <laughs> like pretty yeah. much every episode. I mean, that was par for course when you're with Anakin Skywalker. But yeah. like it's I mean, so when he kind of disagreed with him, I was kind of like, eh, like Rex, buddy, you've been there before. I would have, I would have at least asked for a plan. I, I think that's where the the rebels crew kind of lost it a little bit. You know, they should have definitely, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you, you should go in there, grab those Y wings because you guys need them. You need them for your fleet. But they should have kind of questioned him or at least came up with some sort of battle plan instead of just kind of going in there. And that's where Ezra's youth really shows. He he just kind of wants to just go in there without really thinking things out. And he put the, the rebels crew at, at risk. Well, yeah, he's, kind of, he's kind of going based off what he's already like, this is what they've been doing for a couple of years now. Like, mm-hmm. he, So to him, it's a working formula. But the thing is like Sabine also knows him really well and she should have known that something was off with him. Like, that's the one thing, like, really, we get little inklings that she has a sense that he's off, but she never really seems to get, I mean, obviously, they were very busy in this episode. Yeah. But she knows him well enough to, I I felt like she might have questioned him a little bit more. And the fact that he wanted to kill, the thing, another sign that things were off with him is that when they got um, stopped by the miner, the mining guild, that he wanted to kill all the miners. Yeah, like that was that, that was, was kind of that was a little <laughs> like, intense. Like he was like, "Let's murder them! Like, let's go!" Like, I mean, granted, like, they were bad guys. They were they going... were bad guys. They were he, he but he was. They could have gotten. Obviously, Sabine was like, "No, let's go. We're fine. We don't have to kill them." And she's a Mandalore man. <laughs> By the way, her new look is amazing. I love the new look. I of love Sabine. It. I yeah. love her new hair. Yeah. Yeah, it looks yeah, awesome. Like, but it's it's clear that he's more willing to he he's less willing to take chances on other with the other people's lives as long as his friends are safe but in that event it's also but he's also taking huge chances at the same time yeah like he wants to take those people out because he doesn't want his friends getting you know getting hurt but then he blows the entire mission because he wants to save these i know i'm just trying everything to okay so like everything was going really according to plan i mean despite the fact that they changed the plan and the ship got damaged things for the most part were going okay i mean they seemed to get it all under control until the imperials figured out what was going on and then it all went to crap again yeah. and then we got our character reveal Governor Brom Titus, who uh, <laughs> was, was with us last season, I I enjoyed him. He was a different, you know, another Imperial with really sick sideburns. Yep. Um, I love that the seventies are coming alive in, in the Imperials. <laughs> yes. You know, we had we had Taggy in the originals with his cool sideburns, and it's just like I love seeing it come alive with them. Um, but no, like it kind of it kind of sucks seeing where he's like where he's kind of fallen since since we last saw him like and Ezra even kind of tells him like hey like like I can't believe you're here now like you were ro- you were running a sector uh, I thought Ezra was going to kill him for the record dude Ezra I did was too. cold on that like moment he was so cold like he shut off the power without even thinking about it like what about your friends he's like yeah they'll figure it out <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was cold oh man 
so yeah, I mean, the heist was such a cool scene, and then they, you know, they got the mm-hmm. they got the Y wings. We had Chopper kind of remote controlling them, which was kind of neat to see. Mm-hmm. And then the fleet shows up right at the last second, and that cool hangar ship that they stole last season. Just kind of seeing that. Um, Hondo taking so off <laughs> with the shuttle. But then, but then we got a cool reveal that the Y wings weren't actually for them. It was for another rebel cell. General Dodonna. Dodonna. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like they're kind of like they're uh, delivering some Y wings that are going to be used in a future movie, perhaps, maybe. Hopefully. Maybe. So. <laughs> yeah. I got that sense. So, guys, one last thing we want to talk about is uh, the Bendu. That, the Bendu. Can I start kind of start the, off with the Bendu? You can go start ahead. Off with right. The Bendu. There's two 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 ways I feel about this. One. The Bendu didn't make that much of an impact. It was like, on one side of it, it was too convenient that he happened to be on this planet that the Rebels have been searching for for a long time. He just happens to be there, right? I didn't like mm-hmm. the echo in his voice. I think I liked the voice actor himself, but I didn't like the echo they put in there. And then what he was saying was kind of obvious. Now, the other part to me that was exciting was what the ban- uh, Bendu stands for. So we've always heard Jedi. We've always heard Sith. You know, nothing really in between. And then we got this 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 creature who's in between, neither light nor dark. What that means for the Force and and it, it kind of it, we needed this. We need to expand the universe, especially with Force users. You know, what uh, yeah. Do, and what do you call you know Ahsoka? You know, so it's it's nice to kind of get that. That intro was somebody who knows so much of the Force. I'm sorry, Mike, I didn't mean to cut mm-hmm. you off. No, 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 no. Like you're, you're right. Like, and that's that's something they've kind of been hinting at, especially in Clone Wars when we had the Mortis trilogy with father, son, and daughter. Like they weren't Jedi or Sith; they were just the Force. Like they were a new way of understanding it. Then we had the Night Sisters who could use the Force, but they used it in like a different way, and they weren't you know, Sith or Jedi either. So we've, we've kind of, we've had hints of these extra things in the force, like different schools of thought, different beliefs. And so the Bendu kind of comes out and is a new one. And and I'm kind of with you. Like I, I like the idea behind the Bendu. The only thing that kind of like weirds me out about it is that it's another new thing. When we've already got these, like how does he fit in with, the father, son, and daughter. Like, it, if the father was kind of in between, what is the Bendu? Is the Bendu as powerful as them? Like, he made some good points. Like, I love that, you know, the Force is, the Force just kind of does whatever the individual does. Like, that's obviously a Sith thing. But it's not a bad belief either. Like, yeah. It, it, so, I mean, it, it's interesting hearing like a new character say these things like a, and a character that's specifically says he's not a Jedi. He's not a Sith. I just, I just want to know like where he kind of fits in. Like what's his power level? You know, is it over 9,000? Yeah. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> well, I mean, and also the, I mean the whole, the whole, you know, talk of, of the Sith and the Jedi and it's always bringing balance to the force and bringing balance to the force. But isn't the true balance in the middle not something where you're on each? It's not the light or the dark. It's it's this balance in between, and so here's this 
person who's saying he's the balance. Now, obviously, he's saying that. I mean, we don't have a lot to back up that he actually is. I mean, we right now, we're taking him for on face value. Yeah. But I don't know how great it is that we leave the holocron with him. Yeah, Kanan just kind of just left it there. Like, yeah, I mean, we don't it, even you know, know who he is. Like, he's the Bendu, and he has force powers, but what species is he? What is he? Like, I don't... He's the Bendu. I know, but do we, do we leave this? Do we leave this at face value? Like, is he what he says he is? Well, his teachings are interesting is, too. Uh, I mean, think about what he was trying to teach Kanan: being empty. You know, that was that was interesting to me. Like, oh man, like be empty. Don't stretch out with your feelings. Be empty, then you'll sense it. Uh, what was the other thing he said that was like just struck me as like, wow, that's that's interesting. Also, um, I just can't think of it right now. Oh, when he's talking about the holocron, the the object itself is not evil. It's the way the person uses right. it that makes it yeah. evil. Yeah. You know? Like, I... And going back to, like, what is he, like... He, he obviously has... is, I mean, I want to say he's from this planet. Like, he even looks like a lot of... The like, trees. Kind of like the trees the, that's there. Yeah. That wouldn't be surprising. Like, yeah, like, uh, wasn't... Remember um, Masekot? the living planet from the old expanded universe. Like I don't remember seeing the Bendu walking. I remember kind of seeing him leaning forward, like, like he's attached to the ground. Like, yeah. What if he's well, the living well, planet? well, for How good the record, of a pull was that? for the record, <laughs> I am looking this up right now, but this is not the, there was an order of Dibendu back like in the monks. extended. Yeah. Right. And that's what the, galactic republic um started using their symbol became the imperial crest well yeah and that was that was a cool like another cool pull from the old um like even from the old george lucas scripts was like the ashla and the bogan when he refers to the light side and the dark side like that was like first draft star wars stuff like years ago um so he's like they're making some really cool pulls here. Yeah, because apparently they're very non. They're supposed to be non-confrontational. Like in the old, the old ways that they were non-confrontational, and they believed in like meditation and things like that, which would be on par with what this Bindu, the Bindu, is teaching him. But given, I don't know how much they're actually going to go into the extended universe of the Bindu and the Dai Bindu that existed. I mean, so, I feel like this Bendu is like way different than any of the old ones. Like he's yeah. his own character. I, I'm of pulling course. for him to be the planet. So that's just <laughs> you know though. But uh, going back to this Bendu scene, uh, the important... I just forgot that the Bendu existed. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the important part of this scene was not necessarily the Bendu, but our our hero Kanan kind of getting back to where he where he needs to be. A teacher, but Getting also, yeah, he, Kanan, here's what I love, love about Kanan. Uh, specifically in, in my favorite episode that really got me hooked on Rebels was Path of the Jedi. The reason why I love that episode was because it wasn't a test necessarily just for Ezra. It was a test for Kanan as well. I like that Kanan is always learning, so he's not the perfect hero. So it was nice to see kind of yeah. Kanan pull himself out and figure figure out what's going on in his mind why he's failing and why he's out of touch with the force. He says, it's me. It's the fear. It's the anger. Like it's, it's all me. I've done this to myself. That to me was just like a, a, 
I kind of like clenched my fist and just pumped like, yes, Kanan's back. I would have liked to see him maybe stretch the sob story out a little bit more. It seems like it seems like on Rebels they kind of just turned so quickly, but it was also nice because I miss Kanan. You know, I miss the old yeah. Kanan. And he actually, Kanan actually used what he learned with the Bendu when he's saving Ezra. I mean, he teaches Kanan tells Ezra to let go, which is what Kanan had to do. Is Kanan had to let go of his fear, uh, and that's what he told Ezra to do was let go of his fear so that he could catch Ezra. God, and that so was such, that was such a powerful part. Like when the station's uh, falling down and Kanan, the ghost was flying like neck and neck with the station. Yeah, oh, it was such a good scene. It was. It, so, it was beautifully scene. shot. Just beautiful. Everything about that part was beautiful. Even prior to um, that, he was he was already waiting on the ship. He knew he was going. He knew he was, yeah. Ezra right. was in trouble. That connection between master and apprentice was back. There is that connection between them. He heard Ezra calling out for help. He sensed it. And then, yeah, you're right, Mike. That that moment was so powerful. I don't feel like the episode was great. I felt like it was good. But that, that moment to me really made the episode mm-hmm. really special. Yeah. Like, this yeah. is definitely a setup. It's, it's not the top episode of the show so far. But it was definitely, like... I mean, for me, it was a 9 out of 10. Like, 9 out of 10, yeah. I joined the heck out of it. Yeah. yeah. I, I really enjoyed it, too. I would say about a... I would say, like, an 8 out of 10. I'm They're laying out stuff for the rest of the season. So, I feel like first episodes of seasons are always a little bit more... Ex, there's a lot of... Exp, uh, I always forget how to pronounce that word. Exposition. Ex, exposition. <laughs> expounding. There's a lot of expo- exposition going on, but I think that there were a lot of good character notes. I think some of them, I agree that Caden's um, storyline might have, you know, his, his, you know, crisis of faith could have been um, pulled out a little bit longer, but I have a feeling that's going to come up again. So I don't think this is going to be the only time we see it. So I, uh, in overall, I really enjoyed it. And Thrawn. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to join everybody next week when we cover the holocrons of fate well doesn't that sound like an interesting episode i wonder what it's going to be revolved around (laughs) i don't know some kind of triangle pointy thing i don't know and some some somebody showing up that i really enjoy is it hondo because i really hope for more hondo oh and his little weird beard (laughs) i love this you would Guys, that is going to do it for this episode of Ghost Stories, a Rebels podcast. Spectre 9, where could uh, people find you on the internet? Yes, sir. You can find me on Twitter at ErnieTRC. Spectre 8, if anybody wanted to get a hold of you. You can find me at Twitter at SDC Nerds Attack or at WhenNerdsAttack.com. That's right. You run your own uh, website over there, huh? I do. Where we attack people as nerds. (laughs) (laughs) And guys, I am Spectre 7. You can find me on Twitter at It's The Rocketeer. That's I-T-S The Rocketeer. You can also tweet to us at our uh, official Twitter for this show at Ghost Stories Pod. And uh, yeah, if you have any episode predictions, you want to talk more about anything on the show, past seasons, you know, going forward, where do you think the Bendu fits in the... uh, in the canon, D- did Sabine paint the Jag eyes on Kanan's mask? Who knows? <laughs> Let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So, uh, but yeah, guys, uh, we will catch you later. <laughs>